0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin.
1: Amen. So again, welcome our family life class. I want to thank you for joining us, all that are here in person and all that are streaming. You know, This is a divine appointment, so I want you to, to realize God has something for you. I know we are, uh, you know, for the past five or six months we are talking about are you prepared for the marriage state, but even in the marriage state, in these teachings, God has something for you. Um, and during those five or six months, we did open it up for questions to be able to be asked about being prepared for the marriage state so that we know where God wants us to be um, and We began last week uh, addressing those questions and we 're going to do the same thing uh this week. We do have a a new question, but before we do get started, I just want to say this: none of the questions that are asked here are silly, none of them are stupid none of them are none of them are things that that we don't want to address. I think the silly thing is is to to bypass the the grace that God has afforded us by asking these questions so that we can find out the truth, so that we are prepared. So none of these questions are silly, and we appreciate the questions that you guys ask so that we can learn and grow together. So again, we want to express our thanks for that. And before I read the question, I do want to go over the definition of marriage. You always want to start with that so that we can put things in their proper place, put them in, in perspective. So again, the definition of marriage is that marriage is a divine institution created by God whereby two rational free moral agents who are born again choose to enter into a covenant with another imperfect person for a lifetime and I, and I definitely want to stress that fact especially uh, for the, the question that we have coming up today it is for a lifetime so it is crucial that you get all the info. That's why I said none of these, these questions are silly. It's crucial that you get what you need to be prepared for this state before hopping into something that is a lifetime. You don't have to. That Remember, marriage is a choice. But once you're in it, you're in the covenant of God, and it's for a lifetime. So make sure that you're well informed. And again, like I said, I, I love that it says it's for a lifetime. So the question... Uh, for today that we will be addressing, it says this, and again, I want you all to keep in mind these are anonymous, so we don't know if this is from a a male or a female, sometimes we may, this time we do not, but the question reads, in the teaching, it was stated that we need to have a standard, and have a way to test that standard. Can you provide some example of ways to test the standard? And so, you know, in looking at this question, because it's a very interesting question for me, and looking at this question, you know, I had to actually read some things and make sure that, that we all have a proper understanding. I don't want to take anything for granted. So in that first sentence of the question that says, in the teaching, it was stated that we need to have a standard and a way to test that standard. Uh, I'm going to read that again. We need to have a standard and a, ch- a way to test that standard. And the first thing that came to my mind was everybody has a standard. But not everybody has the standard. That's the first thing that came to mind. See, the world's morals—they aren't attached to the standard, which is the standard of God. They get their moral, they get their counsel from another place. They don't get their counsel from God. And the Bible—remember, the Bible says we are in this world, but we are not of the world. The world's methods of teaching morals it's a, it's a seductive, self-serving method. For example, and this is just one example, you think of sex in today's world. And you can look at movies, you can look at TV shows, you can listen to music, and they use sex and love interchangeably. They say, you know what, as long as you think that's your soulmate and you think that you're in love, then it's fine, you can go ahead and have sex. But that's not the standard of God. And 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 like I said, that's just that one case. But we're going to find out what the standard of God is. If you will, turn to Matthew chapter 23. I'm sorry, 22. And I'm going to read just one verse here, verse 37. And here's the standard, and it's so it's so good to me because it's Jesus saying the standard. Verse 37, chapter 22, verse 37, and it says, "Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind." And there's the standard. See, if we love the Lord, and and, and matter of fact, if we call him Lord then we say that our morals and our behavior are attached to his standard. They're attached to who he is. And we know what his standard is, especially in, in this example. His standard for sex is sex is meant for the covenant of marriage alone. So we have to make sure we understand, you know, it's not just a standard. First and foremost, it's the standard. And so now the question was, how do you test the standard? That's the question, right? That standard or the standard. How do you test it? And one way to test the standard and it's... it's it's a beautiful thing the way God ministered, to, ministered this to me is to make sure that you live consistently by that standard. I, I love how, you know, when I heard this question to me, and I'm not saying this is what the person's intent was, but to me, they're trying to get around the, the, the obvious, right? The obvious is you're not going to be able to get around the standard yourself. You have to live that standard consistently. See, because the, the, the thing about the standard is, is the standard is the test. The standard will bear itself out. Let, let, and let me give you an example of that, right? So let's say you're a believer, as everybody in here should be. And as a believer, the, the Bible, we know that God's word says, bring all the tithes and off into the storehouse so there'll be meat in my house, right? So let's say you're dating somebody and they watch that in your life and they see, you know, I think that they may be struggling financially. And let's say they start murmuring and complaining about that. Well, you could save money here. You don't have to bring this to God's storehouse, but but and you you don't have to do all of this. You don't have to do the ten percent. Yeah, you can give some. Or let's say let's say I say somebody's watching. Let's say you're not doing what God said to do, then you're not upholding the standard. Guess what? You didn't pass the test. The test is the standard. And if you hear that from your you know your friend or the person that you're interested in, and you hear complaining and stuff, you don't have to say nothing. But you know that's going against the will of God. That doesn't pass the standard. That's the test. See the test it's not something that you have to do well you know what I'm going to see if I can take them here and see if they want to keep me out late no you're going to fall victim to that test no the test is upholding the standard upholding the ride uh, in your life that's the test because I'm telling you, you you don't have to say anything when people see the standard they're going to they're do one of two things they're going to abide by it or they're going to run from it they can, you can only you can only perpetrate or fake for so long the standard will bear itself out that is the test so what you must do and I'm talking to you as an individual whether you be a male or female who wrote this question and everybody in here is like I said you have to live the standard in word in thought and it, because that's the thing about your, thought, I, I, your thoughts I think about what Pastor said but God knows the intent of your heart so you need to live the standard in word in thought and, and in your actions and it will bear itself out Those are, that, that's the test not just for the person that you're, that you're interested in that's the test for you that's the test to see, am I prepared for the married state? Am I always, am I murmuring and complaining against the will of God? That's the test. Because I'm going to tell you, marriage and the covenant of marriage, what goes on in that marriage is under the will of God. And if you can't keep his will before you get into marriage, then you're not ready for that state. You're not prepared. It's God's covenant. And his will is, in the, in the life of a believer, his will is to govern you whether you're married or not. So that when you get into his covenants, you're able to operate and function correctly under his authority. So again, I want you to remember that the the standard applies to you first. Now if you will, turn with me, I'm going to give us another scripture, Galatians chapter Uh, 6. And there's a reason why the standard applies to you, because if you're not applying yourself to the standard, then you'll be willing to compromise. Galatians chapter 6. I'm just going to read a few verses here. Actually, maybe just one verse. Uh, No, no. I'm going to read three verses. Start at verse 7. There we go. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit Shall love the Spirit reap life everlasting, and let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap it if we faint not. So that that's that's one thing I want everybody to get down in them, right? You know the standard. It seems like it's hard, and you think of the standard, right? God's holy standard is the Ten Commandments, right? <laughs> and we could not keep those, but and you say, well, then how can I keep them now? But you've been bought with the price, the very Spirit of God lives inside of you his grace his power his authority empowers you to walk in the spirit it empowers you to be fruitful it empowers you to be able to keep the standard his grace is not there for you to say oh well i I went against the standard but he'll forgive me no his grace is there to convict you before you even go against it and you have it the spirit dwells within you that's what you have to remember. That's why I said you have to understand these things about God before you get into marriage. Because if He's not keeping you before your marriage, trust me, it's going to be the same issues after you get married. So keep that in your heart. The Spirit of God will work through you, and He will and and He will enable you to produce fruit.
2: Amen. That's a good segue uh, for what God has given me. And I, I, again, I love and I can appreciate um, this. Format as well because God gives us different things um, points us in different directions but all towards the same goal so I really love this um, what I want you to remember is and then I love uh, the fact that Minister Hill brought up the fact that it, there's a difference between a standard and the standard right it's like you said a standard means I might be trying to govern my life on God's standards, but depending on the situation, depending on the circumstance, you know, something might change. I might modify. I might uh, um, uh, change it up a little bit. Uh, but the standard is the standard, and that's just the bottom line. Um, Second Corinthians chapter six. Let's let's turn there. Uh, what we need to understand too is that uh, we we've been saying this forever, um, that before you talk about marriage, before you talk about mates, God wants to work on you, and you have to think about it, you have to look at yourself in any and every situation. You know, we always want to focus on something rather than focusing on us, and so that's always first and foremost, before you can test anybody, let's test ourselves, right? Um, so Second Corinthians chapter 6. Let's look at uh, verse 14. It says, "Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ and Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel?" And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them, and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters said the Lord Almighty. So testing the standard does not begin with you finding that you're interested in someone, that you're interested in pursuing something with someone or a different type of relationship with someone outside of friendship. That's not when the standard is tested. Because You should not be unequally yoked from the beginning. Too often we allow people in our lives and to come close to our lives and then we find later that we are interested in... interested in them, but we didn't cut, because they're cute, you know, because they're cute and we, because they're, you know, they're fine and whatever, then we want, you know, we want to have that communion with them. We want a fellowship with them. We want to spend time with them. But that is the wrong time. Because at that point, after a while, you have given them your heart. You have had some intimate conversations. You have given them your heart. And now it's going to be difficult to test the standard. Because then you're going to see B standard and then it's going to become A standard because you're going to modify because you want that person to be the person. So if we would take this scripture, be ye not unequally yoked, beforehand in those friendships. And I'm not even just talking about those kinds of friendships where we're talking about, uh, I'm going to say romantic kind of relationships. I'm not saying that. I'm even talking about friendships because that should start as a friendship. It should start as a friendship. So if you don't allow people that you are unequally yoked with... If you don't allow it from the very beginning, then you are less likely to choose them because now they, you, have, you, have, you, you haven't allowed that, that, that relationship to go any further. You haven't developed anything with them because you saw that they didn't meet, meet these standards. So you put them on a different level. They're not gonna, they can't come close. They can't, because it says fellowship and communion. That's different from just, you know, association. Like you can just talk to somebody. But you, you know, you might hold a conversation with a friend at school or, or at work or whatever. But a fellowship and a communion, that's something different. That means that you are you're intimate with them. And you can't, you should not bring anybody that close to you where you're intimate with them if they are unequally yoked with you. If you see that they're not meeting the standard, then you should not even bring them that close. And when you weed out people, when you weed them out, you automatically clean out your circle of potential mates. That's automatic. You clean them out. And then you're less likely to choose them because you clean them out of your circle. So that is very, very, very important. Let's look at 1 John chapter 4. This is going to be my last point here. 1 John chapter 4. And we're going to read... Uh, actually, I'm not going to read all of that. This, this scripture... Let me set this up for you really quick. This is John speaking, and he's warning against false prophets. But in this, we can glean from this because with this question. And verse 1. 1 uh, John chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets are going out into the world. But the very first part of this is what we want to look at. Beloved, believe not every spirit but try the spirits whether they are of God. (laughs) Jump down to verse 5. They are of the world therefore speak they of the world. And we're going to stop right there. So, Believe not every spirit. This is relevant in dealing with quote Christians. I'm gonna say Christians in quotation marks. This is very relevant. Because many people have been introduced, many people who have been introduced to Jesus, many people who were raised going to church, many people who attend church now regularly, many people who attend church now regularly and are and are involved in their local church their hearts are still far from God. And so we run into people, or we meet people here. I said yes, we even meet people here. Or we meet people outside of this church who go to other churches who walk under the label of Christian, and their hearts are far from God. That's why we have to test the Spirit by the Spirit. Just because they call God Lord, Lord, now we got to look for fruit. Anybody can say it. Especially if they know you're a church going girl. You're a good old church girl. They can do and they're going to do and they're going to say anything they think they can do and say the things they know a church girl want to hear. The things they know a church girl's parents want to hear. And they're going to do and say all of that. But you got to watch for their food. That's why it's a good thing to bring those men around. I'm talking to the ladies just right now. Bring those ladies around your father. Because they can see straight through a good talking game. And if you don't have a father in the home, bring that boy around your church family with the men in this church that father you because they can see through that good talking game you have to look for fruit a tree is known by the fruit that they bear a tree is known so you want to test the standard bring them around the good godly men and let them watch and let them see, but you need to be looking and watching too. Don't get caught up. But again, you'll be less likely to give your heart to them if you do what we said at first from Second Corinthians chapter six. Don't even let them in your circle to begin with. See, by the time they get to your father, by the time they get to these godly men in this church, you should have already vetted them. This is just a second vetting, just just in case you missed something. That's the second, betting. Always watch for fruit in your life, in their lives. Amen. Before, before you
1: go, Minister Everett, I just have to say a few things after Minister Spencer said that, because uh, you know was speaking to me. You know, I began to think, you know, she was saying, you know, beforehand, having your standard in place, not with just the person that you're interested in, but just anybody, in any, any relationship you get to. And I got to thinking back about uh, kingdom relationships. I don't know if y'all remember kingdom relationships, but... You know, putting yourself in position to to work alongside and be in, in, in fellowship with people who have kingdom purposes on their mind. That way, when you get to, you know, entertaining the covenants of God, they, they still have God's kingdom purposes on their mind, even when they're entertaining that. Um, so a scripture that came to mind in the middle of why you were saying that was uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and 33, where it says, be not deceived, corrupt communication spoils good manners. Um, and that kind of came up because you said, you know, in First uh, John chapter 4, verse, verse 5, you said, they are of the world, therefore they speak of the world. And like I said before, the, mor- the world's morals are not attached to the standard of God. You know, so, you know, it says cor- corrupt communication spoils good manners. God gives you good manners. He teaches you how to behave. But if you start to lean to that world standard, they're going to speak to you of the world, just like it said in First John. And guess what? The, the way he's taught you to behave, the manners that he's given you, they're going to be spoiled. Uh, and one other thing I did want to mention that uh, Minister Stinson was saying, you know, about food inspection. One good way to inspect it if you are looking at somebody, and she mentioned it, is watch them around their authority. That's good because if they can't, if they can't respect or value the authority in their life, godly authority, parents in their life, they're not going to respect and value the authority of God. And what he says, and what his standard is, watch them around authority. Like she said, that's, the, that's one of the main things. Even before you even let them know, you're interested. Watch them around authority in their lives. Their parents, teachers, godly spiritual authority. Watch them around that. That's good. Watch yourself around that. And then you'll be able to know, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for the state. Of Mar- of the, the married state, if I can't value, properly value the authority in my life, I won't be able to properly value God's authority in my marriage. So uh, that that bless me. Thank you, Minister Stinson.
0: Amen. And so, you know, one of the things that we've been talking about throughout this teaching is is that in terms of understanding if you're ready for the if you're ready for the married state, that it begins with personal inspection. It begins with looking at you and where you are and what your condition is, and that it, that that is so far as we mentioned before. It, it's it starts long before. There's another party within that circle, within that circle, and you know sometimes uh, that something that that uh, Minister Haston had, had talked about and reiterated is that you, you know a lot of um, we have to make sure that when we are in this dating, courting phase that we don't think that we are in a pseudo married phase, right? Yeah. Right. So I mean the scripture addresses about you know for example what if what if um, you know. One of you becomes um, uh, converted to the Lord, and the other one is not converted. and it and it has provisions for how to manage the household in that case, right? Uh, but that's these are, these are people that are already married so so that that person that you've been with since the fourth grade, and now that you you know you you're twenty two plus, right? And you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, and they still are behaving like they're in the fourth grade, you're not married to that person. You are not married to that just because you have history together, just because your families know each other, just because you all grew up in the same church. the scripture says to owe no man anything don't owe them don't, don't anything you, you don't owe them you don't owe them your life. you don't, you don't owe them your lifetime, right? Experience does not does not um, 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 make a commitment, right? it has to be a choice. It has to be a choice. And so one of the things that I wanted to point out as as we talk about uh you know how how you test the standard and, and how you first apply it to yourself, you know what I love about this question is the maturity of the person that asked the question. Because I remember when when this when this particular subject was taught, we were talking about standards and preferences, right? If you all remember that? And this and and, and you know a lot of people they, they get hung up on preferences on things that they prefer. And and anybody that, that's had a, a conversation about, you know, mayonnaise and miracle whip or, or what kind of hot dogs or the best hot dogs or, you know, who makes the best barbecue, you know, of course Texas does. I mean, those are those you know, preferences can just lead to confusion and, and, and they're they're subjective, right? They're based on the person. But standards, as, as as we pointed out before, standards that are based on the standard. And the standard doesn't change. The standard is a high standard. The standard is a worthy standard. You know what, the standard is something that I look at and I realize that I'm not all the way there. That I want to be there, It's a, it's an aspirational standard. It's it's where I'm trying to be. It's where I want I want God to help lead me and develop me. It's where I've submitted myself in the local church to help to perfect me and to help me to mature to attain to that standard. But I'm not I'm not at that standard yet. So I appreciate the maturity of the person where they focused on you know I'm I'm looking for what is what is the standard and how do I I test the standard. You know in the book of Proverbs go to Proverbs chapter 20 just real quickly. A very familiar passage of Scripture. Proverbs 20 and verse 6. And it, it talks about that most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. But a faithful man who can find. You know, what I like about this, it, it doesn't say that faithful men don't exist. But it says a faithful man who can. It says that, you know what? You're not going to find it in most men. It makes a distinction between most men and a faithful man. And the way that you that, that, that you're going to have to do it is you're going to have to search it out. You're going to have to be diligent in searching it out. And in that search, you're looking for faithfulness, you're also looking for consistency. You know, it's it's gonna be very challenging for you to um to meet someone and, and three months later. Know that they are the one. I mean, you you can fake anything for three months, right? Anyway, so, so, some of you ladies know you can you can you can wear braids in for you know a little while, but eventually they have to come out. Some some of you brothers know you can you can you can do an edge up every now and again, but eventually you need to go to the barber, and you need to get that you need to get that tight and right. Right, so you 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 can fake it for a little bit, but eventually, you know, the person's character. It, 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 scripture says that even even children, even children are known by their actions, and we know how foolish children can be. That even children are known by their actions, and so again, when you apply the standard to yourself first, this is this is what this is what what, what happens because the standard is a high standard because it's an aspirational standard. It, it's one that we all fall short of, you know, when you apply it to yourself first, that helps you to avoid legalism and compromise. What do I mean by that? That means that it helps you to avoid the situation where you feel like I am the spiritual superior to this person. And therefore, everything about God I know and they don't know, and I have to teach them everything. I'm going to spoon feed them. It is especially disturbing when you see women that feel that way about men. But it's it's also it's equally disturbing when, when you find you know men that try are, are, are trying to, what do they call it mansplaining the scriptures. Well, this is what it means about temptation, you know, and this is not really temptation, but you know we can just get all the way to the edge. No, I mean you, no that when you apply the standard to yourself first, it avoids legalism, and it also avo- avoids compromise. Compromise comes in when you say, "I know that the standard is a high standard, you know, but is that even does God, is that even reasonable? Does God even expect that of me? I mean, come on, we, we we're real people. We're in modern times. We're not in Bible times. You know what? Guess what? These are still Bible times. The end has not. The, the Bible goes all the way until the end. Until there's a new heaven and a new earth, we are still in Bible times. Think about that. And so the standard, when you apply it to yourself, it allows you to avoid compromise. You understand where it is that you fall short, and you understand what God's standard is, and you don't tolerate that. You don't tolerate those excuses. Did we hear that on Friday night? You don't tolerate those excuses in your life, and you surely don't tolerate those excuses in other people. You're like, look, if I'm not going to put up with it for me, I am not going to put up with it for you there, there there's no there's no way i'm i 'm not compromising for me and i 'm not compromising for you you know the will of the will of God is accomplished through men mm-hmm. right the will of God is accomplished through men, and so as as, as you 're looking at the standards, you have to understand that that you 're looking for those that are trying and seeking to accomplish god 's will. Yeah that he's put they they put his will as first in their lives. So go to Acts chapter 6. And what I mean by that is that is that this is obvious when you, when you're seeking out with faithfulness and searching out for faithfulness and consistency, these things are not are not hidden. They're not in disguise, but they they are, they are fully on display. In Acts chapter 6 I'm just going to Start, start at, um, at verse at verse uh, three, where it says, "Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among ye seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business." And this is this is the um, the disciples that there was a dispute in the, in the in the church about the care of the of the people, and and they said, "Well, should we should we leave our duties to take care of this other duty?" So, well, look, we don't need to do that. Let's let's search out. You know, we, we, we hear a lot of people talking a good game, but let's actually search out and see who has been diligent, who has been consistent, who has an honest report. Someone that I met last week, I don't I don't know if you have an honest report or not. I mean, I, I, what is the report? I don't know what, what 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 is your family saying about you? What what are the people of your community saying about you? Full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. And those are people that, that that you can appoint over the business. And so one of the things that that I love about this is that is that they're saying that, that these people are are the people that you can trust. These are people that that have been placed under authority that have placed themselves under authority. And so therefore, they can carry authority. They can carry authority. You know, if, uh, I mean, just to be honest with you, if, 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 uh, if his mama is still packing his lunch, he might not be the one. It might not, it, I'm sorry, he might not be the one for right now. He might, he might need to develop a little bit more to be able to care for certain things in his life before he's before he's ready to take that next step and change that state for the married state you know if, if if we can't count on you to to be on time you know for functions for for the things that you've signed up for how can how can we can, if you can't commit if you can't keep your word in the small things then when you stand at, in front of the altar and you say I will so help me god there's not. There's not going to be any magic that happens that's going to cause you to change into another person. You're going to be that same person. You're going to be that exact same person. You know. So one of the things that we said is the, the standard because it, it causes us to strive for maturity, and, and that one thing is that we have to understand that that when we're not striving, right? When, when we don't. When we. When we're not striving. When we don't see, the the areas in our lives that are that are in need of improvement. That's that's when we compromise. When we say, Well, this is good enough. When we when we settle for, it, say, Well, that's 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 good enough. That's when we begin to compromise. And, and we say, Well, you know, God, God knows my heart. God knows my intentions. You know, He He He's gonna forgive me, right? He says in the scripture that He's gonna forgive me. And so go to Romans, let's just start in um uh, start in Romans chapter five. <clears throat> just real quickly. And we'll just go ahead in verse, verse, uh, you know, 20. It talks about the law. And it says, Moreover, the law entered, Romans 5 and 20, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. And so it says that, what the scripture means is that is that we have the law, we have we have God's. Let's let's call that the standard. We know what the standard is, and the standard is such that it allows us to see our deficiencies and where we fall short. And the standard, because the standard is there, we are convicted in our hearts, and we we you know we say, God, there, there's no way I can attain to that. But the, the love of God, the grace of God is such that that the the great distance where that standard is from where we are, grace covers even that. But first we have to be repentant. Our hearts have to be turned towards God. And it goes on and says that grace did much more abound. And in in Romans chapter 6, verse 1, it it, it cuts to it and says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? It says that since we know that we fall short and we have sin in our lives, should we continue in sin? Because God's grace is so amazing. And I love, I love the, the next one. You know, in, in, in the Greek it says, Ume. And that, you know, that's a very strong word. We can't use that, you know, because there's children present. But God forbid. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Says God forbid, how, how can we that are dead to sin live any live any longer? There and that means that, that that there there is no there is no compromise, there is no appeasement, right? There's no negotiations, right? There there's there's no middle ground. You know we are we are striving towards God's standard and what He has in store for us, and that, and that that is that is the uh, that's that's what we apply to ourselves. You know one of the things that we pointed out before is that. You know, as, as people that are dating, that, that you're not in the process of, of trying to mold that person into who you want them to be. You're not in the process of molding yourself into who that person wants. We, we, we aspire to God's standard. We aspire to be who He wants us to be. You know, just too often we find ourselves. We play these games. You, got, you all know the dating games, right? Tell, tell me what you like. You know, tell me what makes you cry. Tell me what makes what, what movies you like. Tell me what food you like. Oh, I like that too. Oh, I, you know, and, and you know you don't, and, and you know you don't, and you're like, well, you know, I can, I can, we can get rid of all that later on. One thing about 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 God's God standard is that there's no fixing the person later on if, if as minister pointed out if they don't love God with their whole heart if, if, if God does not have their heart there's no fixing that person later on there's 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 no that God God has not ordained marriage as an evangelistic tool Amen. you know what God has not ordained Dating as an evangelistic tool. Right? The pagans used to do that. That's how they would recruit people to their temples. Right? Through sexuality. Through physical attraction. And they had large numbers that came out. But that, that is not the standard of God. That is not the standard of God. So I love where we talk about where the relationship starts. And where I wanted to end is that we have to, you know, I know I know it seems like a hard way. I know it seems like a high standard, but we have to trust in the Lord. We have to trust in the Lord. I, I, I know you're 18 and you feel like the clock is ticking. I know you just got your, your your first paycheck and you feel like, you know, you're flush and you have all, you know, all the money in the world. And so why can't you just do anything that you want to do? But at the end of the day, we have to, you have to trust in the Lord that if we pursue God, that if we pursue God, that he will give us the desires of our heart. Not, not, not those things that we desire in our flesh, not those things that, that we desire to make us comfortable and to appease us, and to try and fill some unrealistic fantasy expectation, but God will give us the desires of our heart. Amen. Amen. Did you guys have anything more? So, listen as as we go through these, uh, these these panel discussions again, we we are we are essentially we are we are reiterating, we are we are um, restating. Some of the key points that came out throughout all of the teachings. There, there shouldn't be any any new information that you all are getting as we go through these panel discussions, but there may there should be new application of the information that you've already received to say, well, okay, now now I I, I had a question and we're glad for the questions about how to apply the teaching in this particular situation, and now you're showing me how to apply that teaching in this particular situation, you know. I'm trying to I'm trying to find this this man, I'm trying to find this woman that fits into the standard. And and that and that's that, that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to fit ourselves into the standard. We're trying to fit ourselves into the standard. And we're going to trust that God is going to give us the desires of our heart. Right. We're not we're, we're not on the hunt. Right? We're not we're not in the chase. We're trying to if the, only, the only person that we're chasing is we're chasing after Jesus. That's, that's the only chase that there is. That's the only hunt that there is. The, the reason why we come, the reason why we come into this building is not because there's someone here that we have our eye on, that we are attracted to. The reason why we sit in these teachings is not to put on a show or to put on a face. right? We come because we want to hear from God. We come because the word of life is here to change our lives. And I, and I ask you to, to just look, in, look inside of yourselves. And if the only reason why you're here is because this person that you're interested in is here, and you're not here for God, and you're not here to have your life be changed, then you need to be honest with yourself and be honest with that other person too. Says, so, so look, you know, I'm going to be straight up. I just came because I thought she was cute, but then you know I got met by the word of God, and I got knocked off my donkey. Right, and so you know just 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 be honest with yourself, and 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 as as you all are are um, are in your relationships, you know consider that, you know what 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 is my motivation, what is, what what is my my rationale? Am I trying to make this person fit into a particular mode or into a particular? Uh, fantasy fantasy that I have in my mind or am I really looking at and considering their behavior one thing that we said is that when, when you leave the altar the person that you leave with is the person that, that you saw all along those same traits and those same characteristics you know so now, now now you get upset because they won't let you finish your sentences they never let you finish your sentences they were always they were always like that Now you get upset because they leave dishes, dirty dishes in the sink. Did you ever go by their place? Didn't you notice that there were always dirty dishes in their sink? That person is the same person. You were just just in love and allowed yourself to be distracted. So we want you to be focused. We want you to be focused and prepared.